So today, um, since it is the last Sunday of 2018, moving into 2019, I thought this would be a good Sunday for us to look at our vision statement as a church and sort of see what do, what do we want that to look like moving into 2019. So what do we want our vision for the next year uh, to be? And so um, we've talked about our mission statement. Uh, we've talked about our core values. And so I figured it was time for us to talk about our vision statement, and this seems to be the perfect Sunday to do that. And so, oh, I forgot to set you up over here, Rob. But oh, so here, no. It's only one slide. Okay. That's it. That's all okay. I needed you for. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you didn't need me. I, I mean, I, I always need you. But, so this is our vision statement. So we exist to be a community of committed Christ followers dedicated to growing in faith, living whole lives, and seeking justice for the good of our neighbors. And so that's what we want our vision to be as we move into 2019. And so I thought I'd talk um, in detail, sort of break down that vision. And so the first part that we exist to be a community of committed Christ followers is just speaking to the fact that we center ourselves on the life and ministry of Jesus. And so that's where we root ourselves as a church. We look a lot at the gospel stories, the stories about Jesus and how he interacted with people, how he interacted with God and how he interacted with himself. And we say, what can we learn from these stories that will help us um, do these things of growing in faith, living whole lives, and seeking justice for the good of our neighbors? And so we wanted to make sure we were intentional about mentioning that because you know, that's who we're trying to follow um, as we move forward as a community. And so the first part, which is growing in faith, I think that there are two different ways in which we, when we talk about this type of growth, what that means to us. And so in 2019, the first way in which we want to grow in our faith is growing the size of our community. Um, and this isn't just growth for growth's sake. We're not looking to just have numbers and counting stats so that I can say, like, oh, wow, we had 50 people there this Sunday and we're super accomplished. It's not about, like, numbers in that way. But the more people that are interacting with us in this space, that means the more people that we have invited in, that we've welcomed, and that we've affirmed. And it also means the more people they get to hear how loved they are and how they're created in the image of God. And it's the more people that we get to help grow in their faith. And so, again, it's not, you know, so that we can slap up on the Internet how many people we have or how much money we have. But it really is about how many lives can we as a community impact together. And that is, you know, part of the point of a church is to impact lives and to grow in numbers as a community um, as we move forward. And so that is a piece of our sort of goal and hopes and dreams as we move into 2019 is how do we grow this community so that we can grow our exponential impact as a community as well. And then the second piece of that is growth in terms of spiritual growth. And so in my opinion, one of the main functions of a church is to challenge the congregation to grow personally in their spiritual life. We don't want people to come um, here each Sunday and then stay the exact same. Which isn't to say that who you are right now isn't good enough or that you need to improve or anything like that. But I think one of the main 
purposes of faith is to continue to challenge us to grow, which is why one of our core values, we have six core values, and one of them is transformation, because we as a church want to be intentional about transforming our lives so that we more fully live into who God created us to be, and we more fully live into the potential that God gave us through that creation. And so we are going to try to push each other in challenging ways so that you think in new and expansive ways because there are always new and expansive ways to experience God. Um, And it's hard to experience those things if we stay the exact same each Sunday. And so um, I was a, my undergrad degree was to be a a high school history teacher, uh, which I you know, obviously did not go into, but I was, you know, I did get the degree, and so I learned a lot about educational psychology while I was taking those classes, and one of the really core um, pieces of information about educational psychology constantly talks about equilibrium, and how we as humans sort of have this desire to find equilibrium, to like find this balance, and then we have this like really strong desire to just stay there. But the only way in which we can truly learn is if we get knocked off of that equilibrium and then have to find our way back to a new equilibrium, to a new way of finding balance. And so if we don't knock ourselves off or get pushed off of that equilibrium, it's really difficult for us to actually grow and to learn. And so at this church, we're going to try to push you off your equilibrium just a little bit. I'm not going to like send you flying off into space and we're not going to like push each other too hard. But we are going to try to say like where you're at right now, let's challenge that way of thinking maybe a little bit. Or like let's say what would happen if you tried to think like this and push you into that new space and then you'll kind of figure it out and maybe you'll move your equilibrium over to that space. Or maybe you'll say, nah, this is not the right way for me to be thinking right now and you'll come back to your center. But at the very least, that's the way in which we sort of move towards growth and towards learning. And so, and, and I keep saying we a lot. Uh, And when I say that, I'm talking about a collective we. So this is not just like a royal we talking about me alone. (laughs) Um, But this this is talking about all of us. You know, I think it's important that we are challenging and pushing one another, that we're having conversations with one another, that it's not just me up here, you know, almost every week preaching, and that's the only, like, learning and growth that we're doing, but that we're taking some of the things that I'm saying, and maybe we're talking with each other, or you're coming up to me and saying, like, hey, I thought about this really cool idea, or I was reading the Bible, and this scripture popped up, and I thought, oh, I wonder if this means this, and then we just have those dialogues, because it's within conversation and dialogue that we truly start to grow with one another, Um, and so when I reference we, I'm meaning me plus all of you, plus God, sort of merging together to do this um, experience of growing together as a faith community. The second piece of that vision statement is living whole lives. So we want everyone here to live a whole life, which means we're going to invest in you individually. So we're going to put time and effort and energy into who you are as a person because we believe that you matter and that we want each of you to live a whole life. And so what does a whole life look like? Um, I think it's, you know, living the healthiest life possible. 
And healthy lives, in my opinion, are all about healthy relationships. So I talk about relationships pretty much constantly because, um, you know, they're important. And we're always going to be in relationship with other people. Um, so even, you know, if we don't necessarily like people, there's still going to be moments in our lives where we're interacting with someone else. And that is forming a relationship, whether that's in work or at home or when you're out and about. You're going to be forming and engaging in relationships. And those, those relationships are going to be with God. You're going to have a relationship with God, with Jesus, when what that looks like, with one another in this space. Um, you're going to have it with your neighbors. You're going to have it with yourself. You have a relationship with yourself as well. And then you're going to have a relationship with sort of your environment and the world around you. And so there's all these different layers and levels of relationships that we're constantly engaging in as humans. And we're going to Try to figure out how do we do those in the healthiest way possible for each of us as individuals. Um, so how do we bring joy? How do these relationships challenge us? How do they make us grow, etc.? cetera? Um, and knowing that these relationships are all going to be different. So our relationships with God are all going to look slightly different from each other. So we're not going to say like, uh, these are the specific rules that you have to follow when you're in a relationship with your parents. Or these are the specific rules that you're going to have to follow when you're in a relationship with God. We're just going to say, these are the values that we have around these types of relationships. And then it's up to you to kind of figure out what that looks like specifically in your life that is healthy um, for you as a person. And we want to sort of help shepherd you on that journey. Um, and it's important to, to recognize the reason why we want to look at each of these relationships types individually is because they all are sort of interconnected and important with one another. Um, that a lot of times if you have bad relationships, if you have a bad relationship with yourself, it's going to probably pour out into your relationships with others. Um, I know that for me, like five years ago when I was in seminary um, learning to how to be a pastor, um, it was a really sort of challenging and transformational time for me. And I was in a really weird place with my relationship with God that I wasn't like totally aware of. But I kind of thought like, okay, that's like this section of my life is like kind of weird right now. But I still have like all these other relationships. But when I figured out, you know, the issues that I was having with God, it opened up a way healthier version of myself, which then allowed me to have healthier relationships with other people and with myself. And so... You know, it's not necessarily possible to sort of silo all of these relationships and say, like, they don't affect one another. But it kind of all goes into uh, connection with one another. And so we want to make sure we're addressing them all so that your overall life is the healthiest and most whole as possible. Um, and one of the ways that we're going to do that is starting next week, we have a sermon series we're calling Reconnect. Um, and it's going to be a way in which we talk about sort of each of these levels of relationship and how we reconnect with them. So we're going to talk about reconnecting with yourself. That's going to be next week. Uh, uh, how do we reconnect with um, who we are and who God created us to be? And then the week after that, <clears throat> Megan, who is our ministry intern, who many of you might not have met yet because she's been gone for like the last three weeks on uh, vacation home. So she had already planned this trip before we had 
brought her on as an intern, so she feels really bad that she's not here, but um, she's spending time with family, so we're not going to, you know, knock her for that. Um, but she's gonna, actually going to preach on the 13th about how to reconnect with your community. And then uh, Rich McCollin, who is actually my boss, he's the one who started Mission Gathering, is going to be here on the 20th to preach about um, reconnecting with Christ. And then the week after that, I'll be back to preach about um, reconnecting with creation as a whole. And so, you know, we're going to start the new year off by talking about these types of relationships and how they can be healthy, fulfilling parts of our lives. And so that's, that's the section about living whole lives. And then the last part of this vision statement is seeking justice for the good of our neighbors. And so for us, this means investing in our community. We always want to be intentional about investing in the community that's around us. Um, community meaning, again, one another, but also our neighbors that live uh, sort of in this area. Um, because church is not just about the people who are already here in this space, but it's about the people who are all around us. Um, and in my opinion, I think the word community should be as big and as expansive as we can possibly make it. Uh, you know, I think that the entire world is our community. Um, now, granted, we don't have, like, the resources or the energy to, like, interact with the entire world, at least not yet. Um, so instead, we're, you know, we're going to start by focusing here in Issaquah and maybe sort of the, the greater Seattle area um, and seeing where we end up and what it looks like when we, when we start to actually deeply invest in the people and the, the projects that are in this community specifically. Um, and so how do we seek justice for our neighbors? I, I think that the most important piece that we always have to start with is listening. And so we're going to do our best to listen to our neighbors um, and see what the needs actually are in this community. Not necessarily the needs that we think that there are, but have the people actually tell us, have people tell us what their needs are. And this is super important. So I used to uh, work at a free store when I lived in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and we would always run out of towels. Like, it was like as soon as we opened the free store, everyone would go to the towels and just take them all. And like, there were families coming in who like each week were taking like five, six, seven, eight towels. And, you know, initially we were kind of like, we should probably, like, tell some of these families, like, don't take any more towels because you just took seven last week and there's other families that need towels. And we couldn't figure out why towels were going so quickly. And so finally, rather than, like, talking about every potential scenario in our head without actually understanding the situation, we sat down with some of these families and we simply said, why do you need so many towels each week? And they told us that one of the issues was that they didn't have washers and dryers, and that it was hard for them to get to the laundromat, and then once they got there, it was hard for them to afford to wash all of their clothes. And so what happens to towels when you don't wash them uh, after a while? They start to get really smelly, and then when you dry off, you smell worse than when you, before you showered. And so we learned that the issue for a lot of these families was that they didn't have access to clean laundry. And so then we made it our next goal to set up washers and dryers within the free store so that when they came, they could wash their laundry while they were shopping. We also added a meal so that they could eat a meal while they were washing their laundry, while they were shopping. And we would have never 
figured that out because we were coming from a more privileged perspective where we had washers and dryers in our homes and so it was never a question of how do we do our laundry, it's just right there. And so the fact that we invested in listening to the people we were trying to help rather than telling them what we thought they needed led to a solution to a problem we didn't know even existed. And so that's why you know, I think that listening to our neighbors and to each other has to be the first step when we invest in community because if we don't know what the actual issues are, then we're not going to actually be helping anyone. And so we're going to listen. And when we listen, we can do more good in partnerships with others. Um, so we have uh, what we call collective causes. And what we mean when we say collective causes is that that's us partnering with other organizations that already exist to help them do the work that they're already doing. So again, rather than us coming in and saying, we know what this community needs and this is what we're gonna set up, we actually listen to people in the community, we listen to organizations and we say, where do you need help and how can we be the people that help in those situations? And so, as a result of this, these sorts of conversations, this month our collective cause, and by this month I mean January, so next month's collective cause is um, the Voice Mentorship Program, which is in partnership with the Issaquah School District. And the point of the Voice Mentorship Program is that they pair an adult with a child, and you meet for one hour per week, and then you help support their goals, you help mentor them in their academics, you help... Um, develop social skills, you know, kind of whatever that child specifically needs, you're there to invest in their life and to make sure that they grow and live up in, into their potential that we know all of these children have, right, within our school district. And so we met, uh, Megan and I actually met with, the, uh, with one of the women who's in charge of the Voice Mentorship Program, and we literally said, what do you need? And she said, people. Because they have a waiting list of over 125 kids right now in the school district who need a mentor. And so we said, all right, for the month of January, we're investing in the voice mentorship program. And we're going to help them recruit people, both within this church and outside of the church. We're going to help recruit people to be mentors because we don't want there to be 125 kids who need a mentor and who don't have one. And so that's our collective cause for this month, and that's who we're going to invest in. And that, again, is because we found a partner who shared a lot of the same core values as we do, and we heard that they had a need, and we are capable of helping fill that need. And so I already signed up to be a voice mentor, and I'm going to challenge each of you, if you're able to, sign up to be a voice mentor. It's just one hour per week, one child, one hour, one life changed. And so um, if you want to know more information about that, I'm happy to talk to you more about it, um, but that is what we're going to sort of push this month as a church, is getting people to sign up to be mentors and to invest in um, the children in our community, because, you know, investing in children is one of the most important ways in which you invest in your community. And so, you know, each month we're going to have a different collective cause that we want to invest in, and we want to hear from you all as well what you think would be good partnerships for us. So, you know, I'm, you know, meeting with people all the time, but there are things that you might be passionate about that I haven't thought about or that I don't know much about. And so if there is a project in the Issaquah sort of area, it doesn't have to be specifically in Issaquah, that you think would be cool that we invested in one month, um, I really want to invite you to, to talk to me and talk to one another and say, let's figure out who we can invest in as a community so that we can continue to seek justice for the good of our neighbors together.
And so these are just some examples and ideas of how we can live into this vision statement as a church community. But this vision only becomes a reality if we all commit to living into it. If we don't commit to living into this vision, it just remains a vision. It just remains a bunch of words that we throw up on the website, and that's about it. And so, you know, that's the challenge for each of us is to invest in this vision statement and figure out what are the best ways that we can live out our vision statement in the year 2019. Because if this church was just me, not only would that be weird because I'd just be preaching to myself each week, um, but it would be less creative, it would be less insightful, and it would have less capacity to impact the world. And that's not a knock on me. That, that's a sort of recognition of the importance of you and an importance of why church is a community and it's not just an individual. Because the more people we get together, the more impact and the more exponential growth we can have on the world around us. And so... The challenge is for each of us to figure out how do we live into this vision and how do we push this church to move forward and actually live out this vision rather than just saying we're going to do it. But how do we actually do it? And in order to do it, we need all of you. And so that's sort of our vision for 2019. That's the challenge in which I'm going to invite all of you to participate in this upcoming year.